0: Flushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Tana Talk Soccer Podcast. I am Lutana Oruji, also known as Tana. I am happy to be releasing my second episode in a week or just slightly above a week. I told you guys I'm back. We are back. We love the beautiful game, and I know you guys love it too. That's why you're listening in. Please do not forget to subscribe. Please, please, please do not forget to subscribe. And I feel like I say this every time, but I feel like you guys do not do it. I'm serious. Rate this podcast for good luck. You think I'm joking? You think I'm just waffling? Try it. Rate the podcast and you see what will start happening in your lives. Just rate it, man. Anyway. Oh, woman. Yeah. Derby Sunday. We had the Madrid Derby. We had the, the North London Derby. It was extremely fantastic both of them they had goals they had everything you want to see maybe apart from red cards but I don't necessarily want to see red card I'm not I'm not a violent person to be honest I don't I don't glorify violence but red cards will not have me bad but I don't mind it the goals were there that's the main thing at least for a neutral like myself a Liverpool fan like myself I'm going to start off with Arsenal versus Tottenham It was a very, very good game. And I feel going into the game that there were a lot of narratives from both sets of fans. As someone who is active on social media, I kind of have a a good outlook on, should I say, how people are feeling or how social media people are feeling. Because I know there's, there's thousands and probably millions of people who watch these games and who go to these games who do not put their input on social media. But Arsenal fans were confident, you know. They felt like Tottenham were really quote-unquote overrating themselves at least from what I saw so I'm just trying to create a narrative to you guys in terms of what I saw and they wanted Tottenham to go all out and press them and all and they felt like if Tottenham did that they would leave themselves some susceptible at the back they'll leave themselves open and Arsenal can't just pick them out well the game started with Tottenham actually keeping some really good and impressive possession from the goalkeeper to the defensive midfielders to the fullbacks always opening and Arsenal pressed heavy actually they pressed high with with a lot of intensity but Tottenham were quite impressive in the way they held the ball this didn't last for too long however and Arsenal like started to get hold of the ball and once Arsenal did that I think their game plan was clear give the ball to Saka you know the balls over the top just a lot of balls out wide out wide out wide out wide and majority was to Bukayo Saka it is no surprise at all absolutely no surprise at all that Saka had more touches of the ball in the first 30 minutes than any other player on the pitch and this is not common for a winger if you if you know football footballer you know how it works it's not really common for the, for the right winger or any winger at all to have the most touches on the ball but this just uh, this just really shows what Arsenal's game plan was shines light on the actual game plan and Tottenham's uh, left back who was tasked to hold Saka the young Udogi got booked and that meant that like, he couldn't really get as tight uh, to Saka as he wanted to. He couldn't really put him body-to-body, you know, that contact. Because you always risk getting sent off. So he really, like, you know, always try to, I mean, use your body position and just follow runs. But you can't really come too close. And that allowed Saka, quote-unquote, to fist. And with Ben White always overlapping, it felt like Saka could always create whatever kind of situation he wanted to so Saka can of course cut in because with the overlap it takes on Odogi and he can cut inside maybe cross maybe shoot or he could he could spread the ball out to Ben to put in the cross so this was working for Arsenal and they kept spamming it and when I mean spamming I'm not even trying to be negative in any way it just kept happening so many times and they got their reward they did get their reward Saka with the opening goal ball out to him and you know with the run of Ben White it drags out the Tottenham fullback and Saka drops a shoulder cuts in and shoots but it took a wicked deflection off Romero a wicked wicked deflection off Romero and went in and yeah it wasn't the prettiest of goals but guess who cares no one Saka didn't care about that Mikel Ateta didn't care about that None of the Arsenal supporters in the Emirates cared about that as they went wild. The absolute sins, the absolute noise in that stadium, the Arsenal fans were very thrilled to see their own, their own boy Bukayo open the scoring in yet another derby game. However, Tottenham were not just going to be like, okay, you guys just keep giving it to us and we keep receiving. No, they were there to play as you've heard as the media has created a lot of narratives this is a new era under Tottenham I don't know if I should talk about that yet I don't feel comfortable talking about that yet because I'm someone who gets my opinions based on larger sample sizes so there's things that Tottenham I've done well in the opening few games and there's things that need to improve just like most other teams in the league or in the world but before I can fully give my flowers out to people and when I mean flowers I don't mean I can praise you like oh you did well in this game you did well in that game but before I say, oh, this guy is the truth or that, 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 I just need to see a little bit more, you know, I need to see a bit more so you can compare tendencies of a larger sample size and then draw into conclusion. Of course, statistics play a part, but little sample size doesn't always tell the full story. It could, but I mean, that's why I'm just, I'm just, I'm just rambling. Basically, I'm just trying to tell you guys why I haven't released an episode or written a piece about the the new Tottenham era post Kane. you know? However, Tottenham came right back though. They came right back. They would be instead holding on to the ball just like we saw in the opening few minutes and putting on some pressure. You know, their first goal came from their captain, Son Heung-min. I have to say, extremely brilliant finish. So, this is why I actually love watching football off topic. I know I go off topic about 10 times in an episode, but pardon me. Sorry. So, yeah. <laughs> as i said off topic i just love this game you know because i play a lot i love playing it like if i don't play football in a week i don't feel the same but that's not the point truly and i know you guys are like can this guy just get to the point i continue with this episode we didn't dial in to listen to you talk about yourself well that's where you got it wrong if you're listening to the Tana talks okay yeah there's a sucker there but Tana talks you know podcast and you think Tana will talk about himself (laughs) do you even know anything about me (laughs) you must be joking okay so this is why I love it because I play football and I'm quite versatile and I play different positions and every time I play a certain position of course you look at your players in that position you learn things of them I've been been watching football for over 20 years now I still when I was really young and it's just something I've always done I've played all my life and there's a lot of things I feel that go unnoticed because I feel like a lot of football fans do not actually play the game to a good level or competitive level. I've never done that, so they don't quite understand some things. I have to say, Son's goal. I'm going to get to how it came about, but I just went on this tangent right now because it was a one-touch finish, but the movement and the precision in such a packed area To put it into the corner with his left foot, one touch, bang. It's impressive. I don't know how to explain it to you, but it's a goal that a lot of players will not score. And even though he was close to the goal, I'm telling you this for free. A lot of players will not score that. First of all, the movement to get into that position. And just that sharpness, that sharpness because that's something that goes underrated the sharpness it's like everyone is on the level playing field everyone is operating at the same wavelength everyone has eyes on everyone everyone has eyes on the ball everyone knows where the ball is everyone knows where the ball is coming into and it's like one touch back like just you guys you both are watching the ball you both are watching the ball but bang go, impressive yeah i'm done so back to of course tottenham were attacking as i said they, they stepped up their game and they decided to put some pressure on Arsenal or it just worked for them I mean it's not just like an on and off button so sorry for saying decided but yeah they were putting some pressure on Arsenal and crossing to the box uh I think Raya had a save which to be fair to be fair I'm sure I've not heard anyone talk about this and I'm not the biggest fan of what I'm about to do right now because I don't really think that I don't like blaming. I don't like blaming too much. So that means I try to be fair because, as I said once again, I'm very proud to always say and repeating, you guys faces that I play football to a good level. So and I'm a very good football player. So there's a lot of things that, even though unfortunate, I kind of understand. I kind of know that sometimes it's just like we want to criticize, and yeah, you can criticize, but sometimes criticism are not really realistic. Cause I know sometimes players make bad actions, but is that those bad actions sometimes are just what it is. It's hard to do something else. It's hard to do another thing in that situation because it's not easy, you know. But for Raya, I really think he could have done better in that position. And that's why I said this might sound unlike me, but I think he could have. Because when the ball came in, if I remember correctly, because I'm just coming, I'm just I'm just saying this off memory from watching the game yesterday. He hit the ball. So I'm not saying he could have caught it. I'm not quite sure if he could have. That's not the point. But he 100% had to get more on it and take it out. He actually just hit it not far away still in the danger area still in the box uh, you know we were able to now like I think someone tried to cross again and then ricocheted out to Madison who just eased past Saka you know he eased past Saka he sent Saka back to Lagos man it was like summer 2023 when Saka was roaming the streets of agege in his traditional wear and all those things sent Saka back there 6 hour flights rolled past him little dropped the shoulder faint one roll past him on the other side with the outside of his right boot, drop left go right you know reminds me of prime Tanner. i think i'm still kind of in my prime though but maybe not at the absolute highest level but yeah that's just Tanner stuff beautiful very beautiful and matters in typical matters fashion was able to pick out human song who i just talked about and i just praised for his ability to just get there the movement to get there and just the precision. in it around a lot of bodies, you know, because a lot of the time when there's when there's a lot of bodies around you, no matter how close you are to go, there's no clarity because there's just so much bodies in front of you. And sometimes you're just trying to hit our hope, which isn't bad at all. Like, I recommend if you're close to the goal, just try and hit it. Just try and get it in. Like, that's just the truth, you know. Hit it. Hit our hope. But this was just a hit and hope effort. This was a precise finish of the highest order. You could call it a tap-in, but... That's the way I choose to see. It. So it was a very beautiful Tottenham goal, you know. And uh, to be honest, for, for different spells of the game, it kind of looked balanced. There's a lot of players that, of course, I want to give a huge shout out to. But I have to say this again. Before all of this happened, before all of this happened, which is before the Raya... It's not an error. It's not a mistake. I will not call it that. That's, those are like words that are stronger than what it is. But the Raya incident and you know, Tottenham pressure and, of course, Madison created the magic and son also very brilliant running into the space finishing with a plum. absolutely precise before all that happened arsenal could actually have gone two up they could have easy money madison for all the good work for all the 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 brilliance is shown lost the ball in his own half in fact in his own box and you know Gabriel Jesus as he often does brilliantly hunted him down picked his pocket and went clear on Vicario's goal and then you know Gabriel Jesus such a brilliant player but not the most clinical of finishes Show that once again as he rashly skied his chance now back again back 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 again you know if you're looking at Gabriel Jesus and a lot of people give opinions on this player uh, when Arsenal bought him you know there was a lot of talk about how is the man lead Arsenal's line? How, you know, yeah, like I said, was holding them back. A lot of people said a lot of things. And, of course, I'm not going to glorify Alexander, like I said, at Arsenal. I feel he had bad times. And he also had good times. And the problem is people judged him on the bad times in terms of the reputation. I feel it's okay to say this is a player... This is who this player is because let's not forget something, right? Let's not forget something. And like I said, it's good times. As much as like I said, it was a workhorse, had hold up play, had good link up play, all these things. You know, he was criticized for not scoring enough, but those were his bad times. In his good times, like I said, scored goals. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm not even trying to say praise him or call him this or call him that. That's not even it. so. However, you you. You judge his tenure. That's fine, but I feel like the reputation—that's the word—the reputation people assigned to Alexander Lacazette like was based on his bad times. Then he wasn't scoring; he was struggling. I know he was still working hard because there's some things that, like, irrespective of your form, you always do well. It's a you. You work hard. You you lay off. You will be on. You'll be unselfish. You would press. You know. You do all of that. It's it's something that, irrespective of the day and time and form and weather and. Status in your life, you would do. Wake you up from sleep, you would do that. You get me? And like I said, did that. And people kind of painted Gabriel Jesus as the guy who would come do all of that, but still score goals. But now they're changing the narrative. I'm seeing a lot of people saying that, and also a lot of Arsenal fans that say that oh, Jesus isn't the one to lead them to glory, basically, because he's not really clinical. Blah 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 blah. You know. And like, if you want to take an insight into the brilliance and the frustrations of Gabriel Jesus then you can, you know. Like, a forward who is so excellent, to be honest, at so many things, but, you know, he's crossly underperformed his expected goals, for example, since his Premier League debut. If you look at a team like Arsenal, who have taken large steps, have really improved and all those things, then you need someone to put away these chances Especially in a league where Manchester City exists, you know, in a league where Manchester City exists, you're asking for borderline, borderline perfection. I'm telling you, as a Liverpool fan, I'm telling you this for free. This season we won the Premier League with 99 points. Goodness me, it could have been 106. Coming back from Covid, of course, they went to sleep, but they had to be that good when they got 97 points and 92 points it wasn't enough it just wasn't enough and it seemed like Arsenal who who are now doing well they need they need someone to be more clinical you know they need their strikers or their players generally to be more clinical anyway after that Tottenham were close to taking the lead themselves so Arsenal don't forget let's not forget Arsenal we're going to go two goals up and Jesus missed the chance then Son equalized and now thought up could have gone to up but raya produced a brilliant save son squared the ball across to johnson you know who just had a task of playing to an open goal there was a buddy in front of him but you know just played to the side of it but raya somehow elastically got away and of course there's been a lot of discussions as regards ramsdale versus raya blah 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 and ramsdale applauded that you know even in real time when ryan made that save the commentators went like that's not good for ramsdale you know i missed all these debates but ramsdale applauded that and that was class you know because i mean sometimes you just got to put your hands up and be like Phew. i mean he better than anyone would know the quality that that was to be able to pull it off because he's also a top level goalkeeper right? yeah exactly by the end of half time The scores were level of course, but Arsenal hadn't dominated in the way that they are used to. You know, their tally of passes was about the fifth lowest they had had in the first half of a home Premier League game under Mikel Arteta. So that shows that Spurs in no chance were a walkover. Spurs in no way at all were just there to be there. We're just there to be present. No. However, in the second half, a rather unfortunate news for Arsenal as... Declan Rice, a player who's coming and won the hearts of so many Arsenal fans, won the hearts of so 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 many of them. Was injured a calf injury and he was replaced by Jorginho. You know, Arsenal were not able to accept the same control over the game as in large spells of the first half, you know, and it was not like Spurs were were uh, doing anything either. Like I have to be honest, in this period my eyes were kind of on Liverpool versus West Ham. I was also watching that because I had two screens on. Right? Liverpool, West Ham and, and Arsenal, Tottenham. But in this spell was kind of like what I call a nothing game. Just kind of little exchanges there. You know, anyway, anyway, anyway. Arsenal were the ones yet again to infuse life and real action into this game. Penalty. Penalty. Was it a Penalty. I'll get to that shortly. Of course, it wasn't intentional. You know, Saka whipped one in to the Spurs box and the ball cannoned around and fell to White, who turned and shot towards goal only for the ball to strike Romero's hand. Davao went through it, blah, blah, blah. Of course, you know, commentators won't
0: LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: Once again, and I see football, pundits, people always said the word intentional. And I feel that's one of the most... The biggest misconceptions people use in football analysis, I feel like they are rules, rules that of course are still largely blood in terms of the way the referees interpret them, but still they are rules and I don't think it matters the intention because once you put intention there then you you leave open to acting, you know. Acting. If you say intentions then players are free to act because what stops you from handling the ball and acting like you didn't mean it, you know what I'm saying? So you just have to leave that out. And as objective as anyone can be, even Tottenham, their manager, their fans, I don't think anyone has a right to complain about that because his hand was far away from his body and it was just right in front of the goal. It's impossible for that not to be given. So yeah, I just had uh, to clear that briefly before anyone says, oh, you didn't say anything about the penalty. In case they thought it was even close to a controversial call, no, it was Stonewall. Bang on penalty, which Saka dispersed with ease, you know. But shortly after that, I'm I'm not joking. It might be a minute after that, even less. To Gio loses out to the ball to Madison in his own half. and Man, it was just clinical execution again from them two. Madison and Son, Huming Son. Madison passes the ball, drives a bit, passes the ball to Son, who just calmly picks his spot. Side footed pass tryer, once again, reminding me of Prime Tana yeah and that was it two-two. you know what i'm saying both sides kind of had close opportunities put pressure on each other but that was about all in terms of big action for the north london derby no regrets absolutely beautiful watch here and i hope i have been able to break it down to you guys well enough fantastically once more as you're listening please do not forget to subscribe to this podcast and give your honest ratings i feel like like I feel like I say it every time, but I don't think you guys are doing it. To be fair, I don't be checking still. I've rejecting a bit, but I don't think you guys are doing it right. Exactly. It's just subscribe and rate this podcast. Honestly, it really helps. You know, it tells the algorithm that this is the best football podcast, which it is. Now, moving on from that game, in the Spanish capital, there was also another very, very, very massive game which was the Madrid derby and I have to say it was a poor outing for Real Madrid for various reasons and I'm going to discuss it briefly. Of course, you know Vinicius is out injured and yeah Rosselló is the striker but Carlo Ancelotti decided to go another way. He decided to start Madrid instead of Rosselló and start Bellingham alongside Rodrigo. As much as Jude Bellingham as Excel playing for Real Madrid in a much higher role so for this season I'm not on board with him playing as an out-and-out striker, it's just simple. I feel him playing in the number ten role was kind of ideal or like, almost ideal because Jude Bellingham, in fact, like in actuality, has a lot in his locker. Let's be real. I know his goals have kind of gotten people thinking he can't. There's there's a lot he still has to improve on. To be honest, you know, in terms of the control aspect, but he's an all-action kind of midfielder, he tackles well, he triples for well, him moves the ball well, he contests well as well, and he makes the right decision, he draft the ball well. So he's just not a, a, a player who who just scores goals. But I think from all this package and his ability to maneuver the box, move, have that size and body, and also make those late 10-man rounds and arrive at the right time in the box. I felt like the number 10 position where Antillot was kind of playing him, you know. So he's not too deep but also not like the furthest forward but now playing him up front I just felt that like they needed a presence you know I would have said starting Luca Modric was a mistake and Hunter also proved me right because it wasn't the best of showings for Luca and Real Madrid just didn't have that presence up front you know Rodrigo as well uh, if Rodrigo is playing up front then he needs an actual striker to play with him so you're actually having like two guys who are not out in all center forward and even though Rodrigo might end up as a center forward but he doesn't have those full tools yet as that so it's almost yeah i can say in the game without a striker but before madrid could even breathe in and breathe out they had gone down alvaro morata with a lovely lovely header into the side now how did it come about lino lino man lino was on holiday like he could have brought his not even his car he could have bought an rv pack there opened a nice umbrella the sun bench out there and laid with his pina coladas still more unused pace out there to be honest it was absolutely disastrous from real madrid lino got the ball out wide in, loads of space put in a ball and alvaro moderata just glanced it past kepa Balaka. it looked too easy to be honest one of those goals that are just like war, and even on watching replays again and again It was indeed too easy. David Alaba was made to look like an amateur centre-back right there because he... (sighs) Defending is not easy. I'm telling you, playing the centre-back position is not easy at all. It's one of the most difficult positions on the pitch. Not in terms of energy consumption, not at all, but in terms of intelligence, in terms of decision-making. Oh my goodness, I've played centre-back before uh, against semi-pro teams and i tell you the coach because of course i'm a good tackler you know from defensive midfield and in midfield in general and when i played center back it was hard because okay yeah like if the players are going down i could get the run on them i could tackle them i have just physical attributes but just reading the game the offside trap them like because if there's there's two attackers sometimes like should i go to one you go to one and then the ball falls to that one and he has a free tapping on the back post and everyone is like oh look at this idiot but it's like, damn. There's decisions to be made there. There is decisions to be made in split second. So, I have to say it's a it's a tough it's a tough role. Anyway, you know, it was too easy, you know, for Lino once again because Valverde surprisingly wasn't really helping out Fathkin, you know, on that side. So it just was easy, and he would cut in and, and cross. Anyway moving on from that first goal which was way too easy which looked easy but was also way too easy it was disappointing fran garcia on the other hand was also getting cooked all day so basically atletico were just exploiting the flanks and it was so easy for them you know fran garcia wasn't a performance to write home about. But i'm not going to absolutely change for the first about 25 to i don't know say 25 minutes i think i was the only one trying for real much it was the only one trying to make things happen driving the ball upfield trying to win corners I just have to say as I said at the start of this I think Carlo Ancelotti got it wrong in terms of how he lined up anyway Griezmann got a goal and Real Madrid found themselves 2-0 down and I must say a very 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 similar goal across out wide Griezmann all by himself in the back post and just heads it in brilliant header by the way but way too easy way too easy and I know there was a little discussion about Kepa to be honest in this game but on social media and also in the commentary box in La Liga TV and I don't really agree with that of course people are like yeah I know Kotwa is Superman and we're not saying Kepa is a foe but maybe Kotwa could have saved one of these goals or something I don't think that should with all due respect to Thibaut Kotwa. I don't even think like that should have even been brought up at all because I don't think the goals were saveable. and even if it does then Kudos to him. It's not really something because Coutts has considered that unless so many times. So it's almost like why are we creating the story out of nothing? You know, yeah, we know Kotwa can save the impossible sometimes and for some of those saves that's like we don't know how he did it. But it's also that a lot of the times to what you don't expect him to save, he doesn't save it. You know what I'm saying? If his striker finishes properly, you don't look at him. So I think that's the case here. All the Athletic goals were brilliantly finished by their strikers. You know. Anyway, Cruz pulled one back for Real Madrid. It was just quality, you know. The ball on his left foot, a bit bouncy. He just chipped it into his right and just blasted it into the bottom corner from outside the box. That was absolutely brilliant. A moment of true magic from one of the greatest midfielders of all time, Tony Cruz. You know, Real Madrid uh, scored again, to be fair. And to be honest, right? Let's be honest here. The, the last man flagged. And it's like, oh, was it offside? But when the VAR reviewed it, no, it was no offside. In the first play and the second, on the second phase of play, it was not offside, right? The only possibility was that Rüdiger and someone were having a bit of a toggle in the box and maybe like Rüdiger kind of caught him in the face, maybe. But the ball wasn't even going to come to them anyway. So it's one that, like, to be fair, to be honest with you, it's one that I'm not quite sure because it's kind of thing that I've seen Let's Go so many times. You know, because it kind of almost had nothing to do with the, the play. You know, but it was Ruda. It was Ruda and the referee went to the VAR and the on-field decision to not counter stood. Stood. So Madrid went into the break to one down, but they had picked up momentum. And it was one of those games that you feel like they may have come back. They they could have come back. Well, they, they could have. I feel in another game with another ref the goal could have stood so it could have very well been two-two. so they stayed hurriedly but uh they closed well they closed well some changes were made at the start of the second you know Modric was pulled out and Hosele came in and it was like watching the first half again they considered within minutes of the restart Alvaro Morata once again left open left open a beautiful ball from i think saul into his power and he just easy money easy money he finds the corner with his head and that was it 3-1 it didn't quite end there though because the problems madrid faced was first of all if you're playing Bellingham up up top he had no space between the lions and no space in behind you know that's the that's the first thing first second in seconds i have to to give credit to Koki who played a good game in my opinion. Witzel came in for him in the second half. But just positionally and how Madrid did not really sniff much, you know. And in the second half, like the second part of the second half, instead seeing chances. There was chances. I feel Jose Lu There's something Jossulu doesn't understand. Because there's the ball he he that came to him in the box. A beautiful a beautiful cross from Fede Valverde. And he chested it. Kind of into the part of Rodrigo and like, here yeah, bodies came in front of Rodrigo and Rodrigo couldn't really get a clean shot at goal. It's something I needs to understand. I feel there's a reason. Like, do you think there's a reason why players score acrobatic goals, or just generally very flexible goals? It's something I have no problem with taking, with with attempting when I'm playing football. Like, if it's because I'm not, I'm not demanding his scores an acrobatic goal, but sometimes you cannot afford to overplay. Because if you're right in front of goal, he's right in front of goal, you have to find a way to contour your body to put it in. You have to find a way to adjust. And it's it's brilliant. It's it's good awareness generally from him. You know, he, he, he just did it and kind of just like Lady Anto it Rodrigo. It's good awareness from him to, you know, know that his strike partner was there. And in other scenarios, it's going to yield good things. You know, there's goals that's going to come from that awareness of him kind of lay it down and things like this in times like this shiru-esque you know this is what shiru does very well his awareness of his players around him and even if he might be in front of goal and maybe he realizes he's not in the best position and just lays it off you know but still i felt he had to go for that and also another occasion the ball came like he's trying to chest i feel there's literally a reason why first time volleys exist or acrobatic efforts exist or some improvisation exists this way impro- this this is this is where players got brilliant goals is this, this is it this is the room because i feel if a ball falls to you perfectly it just finish like and more often than not it looks routine but where the spectacular becomes made where the spectacular is created is where it's not quite ideal and the player comes up with something and i feel like cosilu lacked that even on another occasion as well i will not lie to you real Madrid. Did have chances. They did have, like, Rodrigo cut in, shot wide. Valverde also had a shot wide. Tremendy shot narrowly wide. But a lot of their efforts were from were from were from range or just just the edge of the box or outside the box. So 100% Oblak and Simeone would have been extremely pleased with this. 100% no problem with that. Like if if we're limiting them to that, of course a goal of theirs came from a long shot, but they would rather have that. You know, they would rather have that. So that victory for Atletico Madrid. So Barcelona go to the top of the La Liga at least for now they have 16 points while Real Madrid have 15 points Atletico Madrid sit just outside the top four with 10 points it is looking close already Girona and Barcelona both tied on 16 points Real Madrid on 15 points Atletic Bilbao on 13 and Atletico Madrid and Valencia and Rayo Vericano on 10 points very fantastic matches the Montreal Derby of course produced a winner and I explained exactly what went wrong for Real Madrid and what went right for Madrid. the spaces were there on the flanks and they brilliantly exploited it all their goals were basically crosses into headers looked so easy you know the second goal Alaba looked amateurish but I don't blame him because in the near post there was a free man I don't know if it's Griezmann or someone. And although he was although morata was behind him seeing a free man in front of him so his body is facing the free man right he runs to him because he doesn't want to crush the fall to him and then he goes over his head to morata who is in the back post free. <sighs> so if there's anyone to blame i wouldn't blame alaba because if the ball falls into the man in the first post and the near post he also is going to get blamed so it's almost like <laughs> there was no way he was winning Unless the ball actually came to the guy who he was. So he's on somebody and then saw someone in front of him who is free, runs to that, leaves someone behind him, you know. And for Tottenham, Arsenal, like it was a game where it could have gone anyway. Both teams on the whole would be very happy with the point. Of course, a bit disappointed that they couldn't win it. I feel like both teams wanted to win it. I feel like both teams knew they could have won it. But it's not a point that will be overly sad about especially Tottenham, whose record in this fixture wasn't good, Arsenal of course coming into that, their their confidence must have been high, they had lost just one of their last 30 home games against Tottenham, you know, winning 18 and drawing 11, you know, and Mikel Ateta on the other hand, his record as well, is very fantastic in this fixture, you know, he's won all of his three home games against Tottenham Hotspur, so, I mean... The stats were like this is Arsenal's game. Tottenham, on the other hand will have absolutely no complaints. I have been Lotana Oruche, and as usual I do what I do best give you football analysis, breaking it down in the most entertaining, beautiful, eloquent, and unbiased fashion Tana style. Once more for the fifth time in this episode, please do not forget to like, share and subscribe. Also do not forget to rate this episode rate this podcast and give your honest thoughts on this podcast i would actually love some feedback from time to time but just give your honest ratings that would really help do have a very lovely week and yeah that's it bye bye